0: From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss.
1: How can I give myself back to this universe and back to this life that I'm living in a way that makes me feel good and makes others feel good and can improve the lives of myself and the people around me?
0: Today on episode 38 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Ed Squire. There's no question that we're in unprecedented times, and I hope that the stories of our guests can help you focus on the opportunities that are often hidden in a crisis. Today's guest, Ed Squire, suddenly lost his job after 20 years of serving as a strategic consultant for Fortune 500 and global companies in the United States, Canada, and Europe. Ed learned how to recover from his job loss. In doing so, He was able to guide others through his nonprofit and his business. It's a powerful story that has lessons for many of us. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, or if you know someone who would, please get in touch with me via our website at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Ed Squire. For over 20 years, Ed was a strategic business consultant for Fortune 500 and global companies, in the United States, Canada, and Europe. After suddenly losing his job in June, 2018, Ed started a nonprofit called Me Too What Now? that raises awareness about childhood sexual abuse and mental health. The organization focuses on What Now? helping survivors to move beyond keeping a victim mentality. Ed is a survivor of childhood sexual abuse himself. And this year he's also starting a video and media production company too. Ed, welcome to the show.
1: David thanks for having me it's great to be here
0: so let's start off with how you actually became unemployed at the start of this what happened
1: yeah, it was um quite the journey, David. I was um, for fifteen years uh, in the U.S. here. I'm from Canada originally, and for five years before that, so twenty years in total, I was uh, a business management consultant for a Fortune five hundred company. So I would go in and and do an an analysis uh, and a high level look at uh, all of their processes and procedures. Uh, as uh, with regards to IT and come up with best practice solutions for um, how they could improve their return on their investment improve their processes uh, use industry best practice standards get together a uh, two to five year uh, plan for them to roll out and um, you know these uh Engagements would last anywhere between maybe uh, uh, six months up to, in some cases, two years. It was a long engagement, like um, like for uh, uh, Boeing and uh, SunTrust Bank and, uh, in Atlanta and uh, various large companies where they would need you there for long term. So to function and work at that level, you have to be uh, on your game, obviously. You have to really know what you're doing. And um, over the course of about um, a year or two near the end of my career, I just began to lose my ability to focus and concentrate and my critical thinking just seemed to go out the door. Uh, which was uh, not only embarrassing for me, but it was troubling and it was noticed, very much noticed by the client and my boss. And I thought I was having, uh, you know, at that time I was in my, uh, uh, my mid-40s and I thought, oh, maybe I'm having a midlife crisis. Uh, maybe I'm just too stressed out and I need to take a break or something. Uh, but as it turned out, my past, uh, which uh, was the beginning of my, uh, created the was impetus for creating my, uh, nonprofit was, uh, mental health issues that popped up in my life, uh, due to series of events that took place and it had a major effect on my, my ability to think. And so depression crept, crept in and, um, and, and these kinds of things and I just no longer could function on the job. And I had to take a leave of absence and that ended up in me actually not going back to, to do that kind of work anymore.
0: Yeah. Which is just, um, demonstrates how important mental health is
1: yes and i it's been an incredibly eye-opening journey uh these last uh fire really this began for me in 2012 that's when i began to have serious problems and uh, i I never thought that mental i never thought of mental health at all in my life i always thought i was okay i could handle pressure and stress i mean look at me i'm successful and and uh, just come to realize that uh there's a lot more to mental health than what you think there is if you don't know much about it. But it, you know, to be honest with you, you know, it's it's a shocking story to tell, and um, it's. But I don't think it's that uncommon, and I think a lot of people are you know struggling with this and just trying to keep it together, and especially today because you know we're we're, we're talking today just right when you know the 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 government is tr- trying to get through a, a debate and, and and get that uh, package out to. Uh, the American public to try to relieve us of financial stress with what's happening with the coronavirus. And I got to tell you, if this didn't happen to me back then, I'd be having a much more difficult time dealing with what's going on in, in the world today. And I can't imagine. And my heart goes out to those people who have been just trying to keep it together without this happening. And now this has happened. And uh, I have to tell you, I, I don't feel the stress and pressure from what it's taking place right now like I would be if it was if I was the same person I was before I started dealing with uh, mental health and, and getting healthy in that area at first.
0: Oh, that, that's really good to hear. And, and yes, financial stress is often a major trigger for all kinds of issues that people experience. And, um, you know, especially when somebody has experienced a job loss. And when a high achieving professional who's well compensated experiences a job loss, either at the age you were when it happened to you or even more so when it happens later, the financial pressure can be unbearable and can cause all kinds of uh, consequences to the individual and to the family. So my hope is through these discussions on going solo that we can help folks that are dealing with some of these pressures learn some strategies that can be really useful in overcoming some of the obstacles. Yeah, I agree,
1: David. And, uh, and I have to say that, you know, like, like I said, my heart goes out to people um, that, that are, are, are being impacted now and, and there's, there's more to come yet. And, uh, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, what, what happens is when we lose that job, you know, like you said, if it's a, maybe if it's a high paying job or maybe if it has defined you, Right when people talk about me, they used to talk about me as a, you know, as a, you know, just a highly paid uh, niche uh, professional, you know, consultant, and I'd travel the world, and uh, you know, I had this incredible career, and it was my identity, right? And so when that identity went away, I think that had more of an impact on me, or maybe just as much as losing the money, because suddenly when people ask me, and this is what people always ask you when they meet you, is oh, what, what do you do? And I could no longer say what I did because the reality was I did nothing. And so I had no identity in there. And so my, you know, they say that, uh, you know, sports stars and, uh, um, you know, athletes, when they come off of a professional career, they go through depression because they lose their identity because they're no longer that star. They're just a retired, their identity is different. So I think identity is a huge piece of part of the trauma that affects, you know, the working class people when they when they go through a, a job loss or a changing career that was um, unplanned and unintended.
0: So Ed, how did you get through the transition?
1: Well, I had to, you know, that's where I came up with um, starting Me Too What Now? Because uh, at the time, the Me Too movement was very strong. And that's when uh, Alyssa Milano uh, sent her tweet out um, about Me Too. And it virally went global around the world. And and millions of people jumped in and you know basically raised their hands, virtually and and in and in uh, in real life saying "Me too." This has happened. And at the time, it focused mostly on women in the workplace. But you know, when you say "Me too," when it comes to sexual abuse, it, it encompasses male and female adults and children. It's just a way of identifying that that you've been sexually abused. So when I was started "Me Too," what now? I, I wanted to I wanted to get beyond the staying in the me too part you know being a consultant and a business analyst I was like okay here what here's the problem all right my childhood sexual abuse has severely impacted my life so what do I what do I do to fix that there's other people have gone through what I've gone through so what do I do and I just wanted to get into that what now phase of getting beyond that so I you know I got into therapy and I, I did all the things that you should do uh, to to get your mental health assessed and get into a program of 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 recovering your life and so that involves you know through the therapy that involves different techniques and reading books and understanding being uh, self-aware and and going through that transitional process of 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 getting healthy that's that's really what it involves it's a slow process it doesn't happen overnight and uh, you know my hope was you know let me just figure this out. let me just I'm going to do. It's necessary then I'll be okay and move on. And but it doesn't happen that way. You still have to, you know, there's residuals, there's residual effects there that uh, will, that could possibly stay with you for many years or the rest of your life. And coming to an understanding that, uh, you know, this is who I am, and there's nothing wrong with that. And so how can I know? What are my strengths in this situation? And now what is my identity without that job? And and who am I really? And that's, that's a, a big question to answer. You know, even for people who aren't dealing with mental health issues.
0: Right. So looking back over what you've done to help you get to the point where today you're nowhere near as stressed or maybe minimally stressed given the chaos of our current world. Yes. Are there some basic steps that you have gone through that you have found really set the stage and it's sort of a methodology that you could use again if you were coming across another major transition that set you back?
1: Yes. Um the tagline that i created for me too What now is find yourself live yourself give yourself and as clunky of a tagline as that is i tried to find something that was a little bit more smooth and sounded great but but really what what that is is it encompasses the five steps to recovery from any type of trauma that is that uh, medical health professionals use in uh, in therapy and in uh, in psychology and in medicine and so that process of uh, finding yourself which is coming to a place where you have to stop and that's one thing that's interesting about what's happening with the you know the covid virus and everything that's happening with being sheltered and and being you know told to stay in our homes is that people are being forced to be by themselves they are being forced to you know you can only watch so many so much netflix and read so many books and goof around on the your computer and the internet for so long and at some point after one week or two weeks or three weeks you're going to have to sit there in silence and just figure out who am i like what is the meaning of my life what is the meaning of everything and it's coming to this place where you do an assessment of finding out who you are and and uh, you know for for me meditation was a big piece of that and i never thought i'd be the kind of person to say i meditate meditate comes in many different forms but essentially it is coming to a place where you're silent and you're silent in your thoughts. And in the beginning, you have to sort through the clutter that's in your mind that won't be quiet and get to a place where you can actually just silent your mind and silence your body. That is a huge, huge piece, David, of of starting over again or, or, or getting into a recovery situation. Or really to have a healthy life is being able to stop and be alone by yourself and be okay with that. And once – so the next step out of that is finding yourself is, is, um living that so-called find yourself and live yourself so now that i've been working on these things how do i how do i externally live that way in my life how do i because i'm now functioning and kind of acting and being like a person i that's very different than the consultant i was before because when i was a consultant everything was business everything was go everything was you very repetitive, and there was never a lot of time to stop and just reflect and think about what's important and who am I and and um, am I how how am I doing in my life? So to begin to live that way, but not have it attached to who I am in my career, right? So identifying and living my, out who I am without attaching that to what I do. I loved I love that now. So when people ask me, "What do you do?" I rarely say. You know, I have a nonprofit or I do videography or I have a podcast. You know, I, I sometimes I ask them, well, what do you mean? Um, what do you do? Well, I, I downhill ski. I like going for walks. I like doing uh, photography. And it, it throws people off guard because they're not expecting you to actually tell them what you do when that is the answer to their question. But what people are asking for is what is your job and what is your identity? And, and we use that question to kind of measure ourselves with who we're talking to and where where do we line up on the socioeconomic scale of life in the western world and it's a subconscious thing i think a lot of times but but it's there so living myself in my new identity without being attached to something and then i have always felt that when you get there and you're comfortable and you're you're, you're strong in that then i always felt that a natural outflow or a natural outcome of being healthy in yourself like that would be you would be Human beings are designed to love and to to give and to care, and we're hearing a lot about that right now in, in our culture because of the the virus and 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 learning to go beyond the stresses and the trauma that's happening and 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 caring for yourself and caring for others. And so I've just believe that that is the next step. So once I'm I've worked on finding out who I am, I'm living that. Then then how can I give myself back to this universe and back to this life that I'm living? in a a way that makes me feel good and makes others feel good and can improve the lives of myself and the people around me
0: okay so stopping stopping and assessing living yourself and in particular not having that definition being attached to what provides financial sustenance for yourself and your your family caring for yourself and others and have i missed any of the steps
1: No, you've covered the you've basically covered the my my tagline of find yourself, live yourself, give yourself. And and meditation is a big piece in that, right? Is is stopping. For me, like finding yourself and then stopping and meditating, being quiet in within yourself is is absolutely critical to getting over this this kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And how have you found that when you find yourself, live yourself, and give yourself, it allows you to be, be doing something entrepreneurial rather than as an employee in a way that supports your values and also pays your bills?
1: So that is a a question that I asked myself in the very beginning. As soon as I lost my job, it was like, what am I going to do? and the reality was financially i was i was okay so i didn't need to worry uh, about it so much but when you're used to making you know a, a large amount of income on a regular basis if it stops you get very concerned <laughs> but i you know i had to just realize look you are you're fine where you are you you don't need to worry financially so give yourself a break and ask yourself you know you've heard this before or we hear this if money weren't an option what would you do what is your passion? What do you like to do? If you could do something that you like to do and didn't get paid and you'd still do it, what would it be? And so after, you know, several decades of doing that kind of work, I asked myself that question. What would I, what would I really like to do? And then, you know, that just went through. I went through a good, a good time of, of just trying to figure out who, you know, in that process of discovering who I am, what is it that I like to do? And of course I need, I do need to make money, but I tried to leave that on the side and not focus on that so much because I've been money focused all my life. Not, you know, am I really enjoying what I'm doing? I make myself enjoy what I'm doing. If I'm getting paid a lot and who wouldn't, but that's, uh, I look at that as an unhealthy approach now to, to a career. And so, you know, I, I found out when I was you know, in this process of finding and living and giving myself that photography was a great way for me to calm down and to relax and yeah, you, know, you can't take a picture if you're moving, so you have to stop and you have to look at the environment around you to think, well, what would make a beautiful picture in this in this instance? And I had no prior you know photography or, or video background, but I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, so I began to invest my time and my effort and uh, educating myself and and getting equipment. And I just slowly began to build um, a new passion for photography and, and video.
0: And even if you tried not to focus on the financial aspects of what you were doing uh, at some point, one still needs to pay the overhead of living. When does that come into play?
1: Well, that as much as I left that on the back burner and tried not to make that the, the focus. And I say it like that because it's, for me, I always had to think of, okay, it's, it's great to do X and Y, but is there any possible way of producing an income out of that? And, you know, when I started Me to what now? Um, you know, I did it for two years and it has been a successful nonprofit. It's impacted the lives of a lot of people. Um, I learned a lot about video and uh, social media, but the reality was, as much as I love doing it, it was going to be really hard to make money doing that. It's really, really tough. So, After a couple of years, I I sat back and I just reassessed myself again and thought, okay, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. You'll always be on the journey of finding yourself and living yourself and giving yourself, and it's a wonderful flow to be in when you when you get past the hurdles. But then I had to think, okay, well, how am I going to make money? Because uh, I can't all I'm not in a position where I can say you're fine financially for the rest of your life, and so. At the, at the very core of what I was doing for Me Too What Now was was video. And I based it on video. I started a YouTube channel, and I did a lot of video uh, work for uh, other people. And I thought, you know, there's, there's good money in in uh, video production. And the industry is absolutely huge. And there's many different levels that you can get in on it. And it's uh, I believed it was something that, um, like we all think, <laughs> that wouldn't go away. But, I mean, anything we realize can go away now. But um, so I, I thought, you know, I I think video is a good is something I would like to dig into in a, in a deeper way aside from the nonprofit. And how can I make money doing that? And that's that's what I ended up doing was uh, starting a business plan and start to think and strategize about what are the strengths that I have through my career, which is, uh, you know, business analysis and design and planning and strategic thinking, and how can I apply that to a, a video production company where uh, I can make money and um, you know, start to produce multiple sources of revenue through this and begin to build a business from that. And that's that's what ended up happening. And, and that's what I'm in the process of doing right now.
0: Right, so one of the things I'm hearing from you is that this process has steps The steps are, they need to go in a particular sequence and they may take some time.
1: Yes. And um, that's uh, 100% true. And I think, um, you know, if I hadn't taken the time to slow down and do go through this process of finding myself and getting comfortable in my identity without without having a job or a career to define me, that I wouldn't be I wouldn't have the opportunities that are that are presenting themselves to me now. I don't think I would be fully engaged uh, like I am with the passion that I have for what I'm doing if I hadn't. So, I think if we jump out of the frying pan into the fire, because uh, and you know, and sometimes we have to, and I and I get that. Sometimes you don't have the option. I mean, I don't. I'm not married. I don't have children. So that you know, that's a huge difference between myself and a lot of other working professionals is that i only had to look after myself so if things got really bad it was only me that was impacted so that's but that's just my journey um, and if if that's you know not the case for somebody else their, their path will be different but i still think that you have to go through that process of, of detaching yourself from uh, defining yourself through your career and then coming to a place where you just do an assessment of of your, your strengths and your weaknesses and what would i like to do and then begin to carve out a path uh, in that direction and and I think in today's uh, day and age, regardless of what's happening right now in the in the in our economy, that um, there will always there's opportunities out there that have never existed before. and I think that um, yeah the ability to produce an income uh, to at, at the very least maintain the lifestyle that you have is uh, it's not as difficult as as it may feel like in the very beginning. and uh, it's really, you know, this is the the best time uh, to be alive, I think, in, in my opinion, with the uh, opportunities that are, that are out there. So,
0: yeah. Well said, Ed. If somebody wants to learn more about what we've discussed um, or anything that you're up to, access any resources you have, where would they go?
1: So, I have uh, this is a, a great time for to. Uh, be a guest on your podcast because I'm just in the pre-launch stages of my uh, podcast and an organization that is going to provide uh, a lot of leads and uh, a, a platform for my video production company. But essentially, I have meetyouwhatnow.com, which is all one word, uh, and uh, that that takes you to my nonprofit. But I also have this new organization called Visible Kindness, and what what an interesting, what a very interesting. Uh, organization this is turning out to be at this particular time in our in our history, uh, so visiblekindness.com is uh, my uh, uh, website that has a. Uh, it's just uh, uh, right now it's a landing page where you can subscribe, and the subscription will just give you more information on what I'm doing, and uh, uh, that's the direction I'm taking right now. So uh, depending on on your listeners, um, if they want to. Uh, take part and see how the journey is going to go for me with visible kindness in the the days to come, that would be a great place to go. Or if you're interested in knowing more about my journey or the steps that I've taken and a lot of the video work that I've done, Me Too What Now is a great place to go, especially if it has to do with mental health or if you're a survivor of childhood sexual abuse.
0: Ed, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and sharing so much of your story about your own journey. Um, I think it's super helpful for people to hear. My guest today has been the founder of Me Too What Now, Ed Squire. Thank you again, Ed, for joining us. Thanks, David. When you visit the Going Solo website at smashingtheplateau.com slash goingsolo, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how to care for yourself and others and much more. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, or if you know someone who would, please get in touch with me via our website at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.